0: It's the Do Politics Better podcast. I'm Brian Lewis.
1: And I'm Sky David. You know how people say there's an end of the year crunch? Kind of like
0: cramming for exams.
1: It is like that, and it is starting to feel like it's that time at the legislature.
0: Yeah, like we haven't been doing our homework for the last three or four weeks, and all of a sudden it gets to November, and it's a little cold outside. The holidays are
1: coming, and let's get it all done. Yeah, and people are getting squirmish. Impatient? Yes.
0: Yeah, I feel I don't
1: know if it's impatience if you've waited this long, but maybe impatient would be fitting here.
0: Well, a lot moved this week. A lot is going into the queue. For the next two weeks, let's just start with some of the easy stuff. A veto we expected happened.
1: Right. We expected Governor Cooper to veto that Emergency Powers Act, and I think we've talked about that a few different times, but that veto came, I think it was delivered at seven thirty PM on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And he vetoed saying emergencies should be handled by officials who know what they're doing, not by partisan politicians. And so that is something we saw, it happened, move on.
0: As it was being delivered Monday night at seven thirty, there was some drama on the House floor Monday night.
1: Wow. Donnie Loftus, who is replacing Representative Baumgarner, was being seated on Monday night and almost all, not all, almost all of the Democrats got up and left the chamber.
0: It was in protest of his participation in the January 6th protest. He says that he was not a part of the violence that unfolded that very unfortunate day, but he was there to protest Uh, in general. So there's a lot of back and forth about that and Facebook post and where was he? And it just made for a lot of drama in a session that usually is very ceremonial. It's a time to celebrate a new member and their family. So then we move into Tuesday. What a day Tuesday was.
1: All eyes here in North Carolina were on Virginia. May have been a surprise or not a surprise, depending on your vantage point. But Glenn Youngkin was elected governor and the lieutenant governor, which you and I talked about I just think is such an interesting powerful story immigrant she ran some homeless shelters mm-hmm. Pretty impressive resume. Black. Black, yes. Yeah, from Jamaica. Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. Just
0: a big day for Republicans. Mm -hmm. In North Carolina, we tend to look to Virginia because they have this really off-off-year election. It's the year after the presidential election. So we look to that because we share a lot of political similarities. We're a purple state. They're a purple state. We're becoming more of an urban state. They are in the same position. And both parties, they look to that to kind of predict what's going to happen here. And here in North Carolina, Republicans feel like they are in a very good position going into the 2022 election. And Democrats seem to understand that they are going to get walloped. This all plays in, I believe, with an announcement this week. We started hearing rumblings from Senator Berger and then today from Speaker Moore. Looks like they're ready to just roll out a budget and i we can make a tie in to what happened tuesday
1: so you take a look at those elections what happened take a look at the position that that puts democrats in and think about those vulnerable democrats or moderate democrats in both the house and the senate who voted for their respective budgets does it hurt you to vote for the republican budget probably not So moving forward with their conference report without the governor's input doesn't seem like it has a lot of downside at this point.
0: If you think about what leverage Governor Cooper has over these legislators, you know, he's a lame duck governor. But he's about to really become lame duck if what Republicans are betting on, which is that they are going to get super majorities, it takes his lame duck status to a whole new level. So if you're a Democrat out there and you're afraid, you know, look, I can't vote against my governor. We've got to keep him strong. At this point, you're thinking, how is he going to be able to protect me if we're going to lose these super majorities?
1: With those elections, you also have some folks who got new districts or their districts shifted a little bit and so that plays into what you do in the future as well knowing what precincts you may have and or may not have depending on how court cases go you know this is not the end.
0: Redistricting is over the House and Senate approved the new maps for the legislative districts and the congressional districts. And by the way, these are not bills that Governor Cooper can veto. They are now law. Now, there are some court challenges out there, and anyone who follows redistricting knows that we have come back several times to do do do-over after do-over, and that is a long tradition here in North Carolina, not something new over the last 10 years. It's been going on since the 90s. We are looking at not only a new political environment we're in, but we're also looking at a new political map that we are going to have our candidates run in. There has been a lot of double bunking. A lot. A lot. And by the way, that is a bipartisan challenge. The way they drew the districts this year, they used a computer model that kind of spit out some parameters in which they have to draw the districts. So we're seeing powerful legislators like Senator Ralph Heiss and Senator Deanna Ballard, uh, even Majority Leader John Bell, who's been on the podcast. He is double bunked with Raymond Smith. And a lot of this just has to do with population and what parts of the state are growing and what parts aren't.
1: Right. We talked about some of those double bunkings in past episodes. Yeah. There are some districts that essentially have flipped to the other. They look like they'll be less favorable for folks who are incumbents to win. We'll put a link to Colin Campbell's article from business and that really outlines those districts who's in trouble and who's double bunked in house commerce today, Thursday, There was a hearing on that sports gambling bill that we had discussed when it passed the Senate.
0: When it passed the Senate, it was kind of a fledgling vote. It needed more Democrats to vote in favor of it. So it looked kind of wounded when it came over to the House. And many of us thought the House is just going to let it sit and percolate for a little bit, maybe get some strength behind it. But the meeting announcement yesterday was a surprise. And this morning, they had a hearing. How did that go? I know you listened in on that.
1: Yeah, I do want to note that Representative Sane, who is a sponsor of the bill, did say that, you know, it may pass this year. But The hearing on the House side will help us to kind of see where folks are at. And see how we're going to move forward. So it's not a guarantee that that's going to go to the floor.
0: And it has multiple stops in the House that it's got to get through. I think it's Commerce. It goes to Judiciary. Judiciary. And it passed Commerce today. What by a...
1: 12 to 4, I believe.
0: And so it goes to Judiciary. Of course, it has a rules stop. But I imagine it also has a finance stop as well. We'll see if it moves sometime this session or not. Certainly, we'll be eligible in the short session, which begins next spring
1: in house commerce today you heard from some different folks on the committee interesting bedfellows i heard from jay adams who kind of talked about his personal experience with gambling had some family gambling issues and how he saw that affect other families as well and then heard from representative Eiler who said you know I'm right by South Carolina tell me what South Carolina is doing and if they're doing it we should probably be doing it and he said I'm going to vote for it now but I'm going to go home and ask people what they think about it because I haven't really talked to anybody about it and then representative Butler seemed to be opposed to it representative Butler and and Representative Adams together was interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, Representative Deb Butler from New Hanover County down in Wilmington, certainly one of the liberal stalwarts of the General Assembly. And Representative Violet, very conservative. It transcends partisan politics. We will see. This is one of those bills that we want to watch.
1: Our guest this week was Senator Michael Lazara. We really enjoy the authenticity of who he is.
0: He is small business owner, loves pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I love pizza. Everyone loves pizza. This is a, a very good conversation.
1: Senator Michael Lazara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. First, just to kick us off, tell us about your district. Where is it? What makes it special?
2: Sure. Um, well, I serve District 6, which is on the coast. <clears throat> I, I, I have Onslow County and Jones County. And our, our district is interesting because we're a military community, mm-hmm. but we're also a tourism community and we have agri- agriculture. So we, we're, you know, we reap all three benefits. But in particular, we're a military community. Um, We're the home of Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune. Um, So I'm particularly proud about that as a former Marine. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what makes us tick. So we have, you know, we have a good diverse community and we have their families, which makes it an even more interesting community. Um, And then we have people that come from all over the country and and to come vacation on our beaches. And, And then of course we have agriculture, which has a a way different challenge in today's world. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a unique uh, district, but a great district.
0: So being a Marine, is that what initially brought you to
2: North Carolina? It is, it is. Um, I grew up in Chicago, originally born in Sicily. Wow. And uh, we had uncles in Chicago that eventually uh, were able to get my dad a, a green card. And so, In 1969 he came over and then shortly after you know the rest of us came over and uh, so i grew up in chicago and went to school in chicago and one day i woke up i said you know i want to do something different i want to have a purpose i'm going to join the marine corps marine corps Uh and so that's what i did and uniquely enough if you're from chicago you typically go to san diego was that right? Mm, yeah. So okay. as a marine, if you enlist in Chicago, ninety-eight percent of of those folks go to San Diego for boot camp and typically end up on the on the West Coast. But uh, before we flew out, uh, the recruiter said, "Hey, I need three volunteers," and of course I threw my hand up and uh, a couple other guys, and they said, "Okay, well you guys are going to Paris Island." So that's how I ended up here, wow. you know, in, in North Carolina. So I went to Paris Island, and subsequently came to camp lejeune so
0: cubs fan white Sox fan
2: cubs okay <laughs> yeah cubs he you follows black cubs. hawks cubs bears yeah bears okay wow
1: it's a rough life it's a, it is it
2: is Except but for, you know we're tough fans you know we oh yeah. we, we tough it out yeah. yeah no matter how cold no matter what the season looks like we're going to be there to to be by their side so can you talk a little
0: bit about what got you into the General Assembly
2: and politics and, and where you started your political career? I was actually approved to, to re-enlist. I was going to go to embassy duty. I, you know, I really loved the Marine Corps. Um, but I had met my, my wife, and so um, it was one of those decision points. You stay in. It would have been an unaccompanied tour and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was young. So I got out and I went to work and um but I always stayed connected to to the base and doing volunteer work um, for for the military and then eventually I got involved with chamber work and volunteer work I got on military affairs committee and I was deeply involved with that serving our our members and their families and I just really always enjoyed that. And um, one day, um, former Mayor Jones and his wife approached me and said, hey, you ever thought about politics? We've got an election coming up, and we think you'd make a great council member. And I said, no, you know, never really had any interest in it or given it any thought, but I will. Mm -hmm. And so I did, and subsequently I ended up running as a write-in candidate. Wow. Wow. The first time, and I was, I got like 1,600 votes as a write-in candidate, which was like the highest amount of votes. It was unbelievable. Uh, I did not win, and then I subsequently, on the next election cycle, ran as a candidate and won, and so so I got involved in politics in 2005, and then a year, I think two years later, I was um, nominated as the mayor pro tem. And so for 15 years, um, I was, uh, a local city council member, um, in local politics and I really enjoyed policy work. Mm-hmm. And so I got really involved with, uh, digging in. I was in transportation chairman. I did, you know, water and sewer, um, really enjoyed it. And that's, and, and so it, it was really a good career. And then, um. Throughout that term, Harry Brown and I had been friends because we were in the car business together. Former state
0: senator, For former, former majority leader majority in the leader. very powerful.
2: We were friends, and along the way, you know, I, I, I really got involved in state politics through the league. Um, okay. Because I did a lot of educational classes, and I, I was an active member of the league. And, the League and of
0: Municipalities. The yeah. League of
2: Municipalities. And so um, I got asked to get on the board there. So I served as a board member and then um, as a second you know, vice president, first vice president anyways, became president of the league subsequently and served two years as president of the league. So I had a lot, a lot of uh, time up here. Working with other mayors, working with other cities, you mm-hmm. know, dealing with challenges of local mm-hmm. government, mm-hmm. and um, had some time here at the General Assembly, and I really gained kind of a, an interest in it. And then, um, you know, Harry had some thoughts about retiring, um, and it took him several years to actually move forward with that. Anyways, long story short, he decided to retire and asked me if I would, you know, have any interest in running and of course I said I would and and here I am
1: what do you think is the biggest difference between operating in local government and operating in state government now
2: well I think again local government you're where the rubber hits the road you understand zoning and the effects of not having zoning and a lot of the things that a lot of the lawmakers don't like about cities and that's overregulation and that sort of thing but when you're in local government you understand why those things are in place and sometimes they are out of whack and one city can ruin it for many mm-hmm. other cities yeah. right yeah. but if if you're doing your just work everything has a place mm-hmm. you know to build communities of value you have to have some of those oversights you know the zoning mm-hmm. and the 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 sign regulations and some of the things that, that if you've never served a local government and you come up here, you know, one would think, well, that's overregulating and we shouldn't have that, so we need to change that. Well, sometimes that's good and sometimes <laughs> that's not so good. And I think that's the value of the experience that I have. I'm able to decipher um, whether a policy change really has an impact or maybe is a, will have a good impact, and I think I can bring some reason to that. Um, And I have already, I think, in in certain areas. So, you know, again, decisions that are made affect people. Yeah. And we always have to be cognizant of that.
0: So how would you describe your politics, the Senator Michael Lazara political philosophy?
2: I would describe myself as thoughtful. Um, I'm one of those guys that will read everything, that Mm -hmm. will be thoughtful. You know, and I'm constantly educating myself because I think a good leader needs to do that. And to be an effective leader, you need to be a, an effective listener mm-hmm. um, because oftentimes you know, you may have a thought and you think your thought is the greatest, but if <laughs> you take some time to listen, you may really truly understand that there may be a different viewpoint that has some value. And I think that's what creates good leadership. So I do – I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert, and so I do a lot of listening. Oh, and, yeah. I um, didn't know that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, no, well, that's what I've been told. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um,
0: conservative.
2: Though? I'm a conservative. Yeah, I've, you know, been in business 32, mm-hmm. 33 years. So I, you know, I didn't grow up with a whole lot, and, but we had everything we needed. <clears throat> I've always had a job. Mm-hmm. I've never not had a job, mm-hmm. uh, even from from grammar school. I delivered newspapers, and so I've never really had. Um, time where i did not work so i value work i'm a workaholic yeah. basically and, yeah and,
1: speaking of your business tell us about your business how you got into it a little bit about your professional life
2: sure um so um i'm in the pizza business and and i'm also in the sign business and a little bit diverse had as many as uh 13 14 stores over the years um built lots of pizzerias so we're a we have pizza uh, restaurants that are eat-in, take-out, and we deliver um, on the coast. Emerald Isle, Jacksonville, uh, Wilmington, Carolina Beach. Um, been in it about 32 years. Um, so it's been a great, a great ride. Um, we've had some challenging times over the years, but we've been able to overcome a lot of hurdles. And, of course, you know, COVID being one of them. Yeah. And we continue to struggle with with employees, and yeah. and we can talk about that. But it's been a, a great experience. So I've, you know, I've had the uh, the challenges of being self-employed, and uh, times where you took a check. Sometimes you you don't take a check, and uh, and I think that's where my work ethic and conservative values come into play. You know, I, I think it's really important.
1: So has your family always been in the pizza business?
2: no um i've had family in the in the restaurant business um but pizza has always been a love of mine Mm. i'm probably more pizza than three four other people put together Mm -hmm. i just love pizza i can eat it every day you know so Mm -hmm. um um, but i had an opportunity to go in business with a friend of mine um, um way back and um we we started the the um the restaurants and then subsequently we split up and i continued and um been very very blessed um, we have a great operation um we have great people so we do a New York, so here's a bit of trivia, right? <laughs> yeah. So I love Chicago pizza, okay. but I found out quickly that if you're in North Carolina, you know, uh, New York style thin crust pizza is probably going to be your best bet. And uh, so that's what we do. We do a New York style thin crust pizza. We also do a Sicilian pizza, mm-hmm. which is excellent. I mean, or none. Ask anybody that's had it. I've I've had it Um, it. and it's just amazing and we um, and we do the steak and cheese and the Stromboli's, and we do homemade pasta we do homemade lasagna and all kinds of stuff and um, so um, so we're in the New York style side
1: do you go visit Italy at all
2: I do I have family in Italy still my oldest brother lives there and um so he never came to the states he was already older and married and in business and so um so he stayed there and and my parents moved back after my dad retired to answer your question i go every year i try to go at least once a year of course with covid that sort of um uh, delayed uh, my trip but hopefully when we get out of here i'm going to take a couple of weeks and, and go and visit that's and, great. of course, I love to eat, you know. It's yeah. a, and if you've never been to Sicily, you've got to go because yeah. it's one of the most beautiful places you'll ever visit. Um, I'd love to go with you. <laughs> it's an easy trip. It's an easy trip.
0: Do you have childhood memories from growing up in Sicily? Oh, being, I do. Okay. Absolutely. What, how old were you when you I immigrated? was seven and a half. Oh, but, so you do, yeah.
2: But, again, you know, we would go back. You know, okay. all the time and having family there. And then, of course, when my parents moved back, you know, it it, uh, it became a, a yearly, yearly trip. So, yeah, no, it's my favorite place to go. So.
0: so let's go back to you, your restaurants. Uh, Representative Jason Sane, who's been on the podcast recently, I think it was over the summer, he visited your Emerald Isle he did, uh, yeah. store. And a couple photographs of you. Behind the counter, slinging pizzas and oh, yeah. making pizzas. You are not just the owner, but you're an operator too.
2: Yeah, so I'm I stay engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll you can find me pretty much on weekends uh, in the evening making pizza at one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the summer, I typically um, go to Emerald Isle because it's a really busy operation, and, and Carolina Beach is a real busy operation because in the summer we have tons of folks that come down. And and so yeah, I'm a hands-on operator um, yeah i believe that um you know you inspect what you expect and if you're part of it and you you, you know you you show them how you do it then hopefully they follow that that direction um, i'm a real stickler on customer service and quality food you know mm-hmm. the kind of basic principles that mm-hmm. really can make you successful i mean mm-hmm. the, the secret is not hard right But oftentimes people just overlook how easy it is just to be kind to other people and Mm -hmm. to make sure that what you're giving them is what they expect. And if you do that, you're going to be successful. It's really hard not to be.
0: That's right. We patronize your Carolina Beach location Uh, we get down there a lot and love Michelangelo's right there on uh, Lake Park I Mm -hmm. think it is the employee shortage has to that has affected I know the entire island and it's affecting the entire state but it must be hitting you hard
2: it is it's been a real challenge because you know food is unlike office work where someone doesn't come into work you can kind of get by Mm -hmm. Um, you know with food service if if your key people are not there um, that really puts you in a bind because mm-hmm. uh, someone else has to pick up that slack. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have delivery drivers, you know, and, and we've just, I mean, I i could hire 25 people right now mm-hmm. today yeah. and never blink. That's how short we are. Mm-hmm. And so we manage by the day. Um, it's what phone calls are we getting today, Who's who's not coming in, who... Who needs to go where? And the beauty of having multiple stores is you can move people around to, to sort of fill in the gap. But it's been an incredible challenge. And we've had to close some days. Um, actually, in Carolina Beach, we mm-hmm. were closed two days um, a week, and now we're back to a 6 day. Um, at our Smith Creek location, same thing. We had to close two days, and now we're back to six. But that's by the string of our you know, yeah. pants. It, it's been very difficult, but our customers want us open. You know, yeah. they want. You know, business is good. The economy is good. Right. People want to eat, um, but it's hard. Yeah, it really is hard. And you know, people say, "Well, why don't you just do away with delivery and, and use the the services?" Well, anybody that's used the services, I don't want my name on those services because they're not doing such a great job either. Right. Yeah. Uh People order. People order food and never get it because they don't call the restaurant and order the food. Mm. Right. and so But they're calling us thinking that their order came through. So anyways, it's, it's a real challenge. If someone has the ability to collect sales tax loss in North Carolina, the number would be shocking.
0: Right. Which affects local government budgets. It, would it affects, affects state everything. government budgets. Yeah. yeah.
2: I know what it is for me alone. I can't imagine what it is across the state. And then, of course, the other thing is, is, you know, people that go out to eat, and I'm sure you all are the same. Even here in Raleigh, where the population is so much greater, they're struggling here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody to greet you or takes 15 minutes to get your order and nobody's in the restaurant, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not their fault. It's just there's nobody working. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's as much as a pandemic as COVID in itself, mm-hmm. because without an economy, you don't have anything.
0: Mm hmm. We were talking to a staffer this morning at the Department of Public Instruction and said that you have a passion for early childhood education and Mm -hmm. education. Can you
2: I'm on the the B3 Council. That's right. That's what he said. Um, And, and, you know, I think reading is a very important subject, and I think we're not doing what we need to be doing in reading. Um, And that's one of the areas that I failed in when I was younger. Um,
0: Is that where this passion comes from?
2: Yeah, I I just think that we're not getting it right. And I I believe that for me as a business, so being a business person, that's all I know is when I look at things, I look at it from a business perspective. And you take education, and this is not a reflection of our teachers or their abilities. It's a business that I'm looking at that we're pumping over 60% of our budget, not to include the, the money that's come down from the feds, and we're being told it's still not enough. But you look at the outcomes, we're not getting it right. right. And we've got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it's not our teacher's fault. Right. You know, failure of leadership is where it starts. And in the Marine Corps, it's no different. You know, when you have failure within your troops, the first one to go is your leader. Mm-hmm. That's true. When he didn't even know what happened, right? That's right. He's relieved of his command because it's your responsibility to get it right. Yeah, and that's our responsibility is to get it right, and money does not equate to outcomes. Unfortunately, that's true. And you can talk to anyone around the country that's an expert, and they will tell you that you know um, money does not equal results, yeah. and so. I, have, I do have a passion for that, and I'm hoping to, to make a change. You said that you struggled as a kid mm-hmm. reading. Can you talk a little bit about that? I learned English right away, okay. and I can't even remember what that transition was. Do you still speak about. Italian? I do. I speak and write wow. fluently. So, um, And now, subsequently, I do a lot of reading. But, but when I was younger, I really struggled with reading and reading retention. Um, and um, I did okay in school, but I wasn't great. Um, I went to Catholic schools, and, and um, you know I struggled. And and, and growing up in Chicago, um, you know that's. I went to Catholic grammar school, went to Catholic high school, and I was a bit of a wild child. Um, and I think part of that is because you know I struggled in school mm. a little bit, and um, and that's when I decided to um, to join the Marine Corps because I, I definitely wanted to have a purpose. And it's amazing, you know, the, the transformation that the Marine Corps had on me. Um, I immediately loved it. You know, I immediately did very well in it. Um, um, I wouldn't change that for the world. So you went from wild child to very structured. Very structured. <laughs> and, you know, now I'm overstructured. I think it's probably a flaw, but, <laughs> you know. And being in the General Assembly, as you can imagine, you know, I'm the first one there, and they're looking at me, why are you here early, you know?
1: Yeah, that can be nothing starts on time, right? right?
2: No, no. Yeah. Nothing starts on time. You start an
0: hour late, you're early in the city. Yeah, and
2: I mean, my brain just does not operate <laughs> like that, you know.
1: As you know, our politics right now are heavily polarized. If you had a magic wand and you could fix something about our politics today what would it be?
2: Well, probably the first thing I'd do is put a Lazarus pizza in the basement. Oh, I'd love that. That that, that might help. Oh, that would be so helpful. But no. Um, You know, I just think we need more communication. You know, I I would love to see an environment where uh, the governors would spend more time at the General Assembly and that we uh, would be able to have these relationships that whether we agree or disagree on subjects, that we could still have lunch together, have things that we have dialogue with because i think at the end of the day uh, again going back to if we if we can be better listeners we can be better leaders Mm. and uh, i haven't seen that and i'm not being critical uh, of anyone or anything but but there shouldn't be that division regardless of party um you know, I've made good friends on the other side of the aisle. You know, we go out to dinner together. I, I just, I mean, we're all human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we have different thoughts and different philosophies. But at the end of the day, we should be able to, you know, have a have a meal together and laugh together and, and build some sort of relationship. I think that would make a world of difference. And the other thing is just the timing of things, the the delays of things. Um, I don't know if that's by design because I'm still learning, mm. but I think the delay of things sometimes really, really muddle the water and create a lot of division.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, So I would like to see more relationship building, more togetherness, and and hopefully um, a governor that, you know, or vice versa, would enjoy spending time at the General Assembly and getting to know the members and and building some relationships that could lead to better outcomes.
0: I know you were joking, but... Everyone likes pizza, right? I mean, that's, I don't know. Well, you know, know, the
2: beauty of pizza is you can take a a piece of dough, right? Uh Uh-huh. And you can put pepperoni on it. You can put sausage on it. You can put beef on it. You can even put pineapple on it. So all these things can go together, and it can taste pretty good. It can. So, you know, it kind of relates to life. You know, we can all get together, talk about things, enjoy each other, regardless of who you are, what color you are, what nationality you are. What party you're with, um, because you just might find that you have more in common than not. Yeah, I agree. And it may not taste really bad at the end of the day, you know.
0: You know what I love most about pizza? Mm. It's the one dish that you share. You put it in the middle of the table,
2: and everyone everybody takes a piece, you know, and it just really works well. So if you can have more people. Sit at a table, just eat some pizza, and maybe drink a beer or two. I think you can get a whole lot more accomplished. So I have a question for you, though. Yeah. What is your favorite pizza? My favorite? So
0: I love Chicago-style pizza, and I wish you'd bring it to the mm-hmm. Carolina Beach location. Okay. I love, uh, and true Chicago. I thought I knew Chicago-style pizza. Now,
2: Chicago-stuffed we- or Chicago-thick?
0: Chicago's thick. Thick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, um but my wife generally orders uh, just the veggie pizza. Veggie lovers. Yeah, she, yeah. she likes the, the So, veggie.
2: you know, we hand cut our veggies every single day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we get fresh vegetables every day. We cut them fresh every day. What a difference that makes.
0: It does, and that has been mentioned because a lot of folks use the canned stuff. Yeah, the no, canned, we don't do yeah, that. Canned, canned mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: This Ask it. Todd Johnson about mushrooms. He, he yeah. really <laughs> loves mushrooms. And what's but yours? Does he hate
1: mushrooms. Um, in my hometown, there is a pizza called Farouk, uh huh, and I like that, and it has like sausage, peppers, everything. Green peppers.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll have to have you down sometime and 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 share some of that.
1: What's Um, your favorite pizza? Oh yeah.
2: So okay, so my favorite pizza is I'm a cheese guy. Okay. Okay. I love cheese pizza. Now I'll eat any of it, and we're doing a white pizza that's really good. If you like white pizza, it's no sauce, cheese, garlic, basil, excellent. Yeah. Ricotta cheese on top. And then you got to have a cannoli before you leave, right? Yeah. And that makes (laughs) your day right there.
1: (laughs) What's your favorite pizza in Raleigh?
2: So, full disclosure, I have not had good pizza in Raleigh. I hear Mm. you. So I'm still searching. Okay. Which leads me to believe that there may be an opportunity here. Yeah. That's probably true. Down
0: in the basement of General Right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How great would it be to go down and get a couple slices of pepperoni and a drink, right? How easy would that be? It's so wonderful. No fried food, you know, just good old slices.
1: Delete the fried squash. Right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Senator
0: Michael Azara, we appreciate everything you do for the state, everything you do for your district. You certainly know how to do politics better. Thank you for being on the podcast.
2: Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it.
1: The Do Politics Better podcast is sponsored by the North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association. Beer and wine distributors in North Carolina are family-owned companies that directly employ more than 5,600 men and women across the state. The North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association works with the General Assembly to develop alcohol policies that ensure fairness in a competitive marketplace and promote responsible behavior. Visit the North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association at ncbeerwine.com for more information. Something I've thought about since we spoke with him is that he talked about listening and how important he thinks that is. And you can just tell when you're talking to him that he is a really active, good listener. Like he cares about what you're saying and he's very thoughtful about the way he processes information. I don't think you get that a lot with politicians.
0: We were telling legislators that he was coming on, Democrats, Republicans, they all think a lot of him and the common sense approach that he takes to legislating. And we should also add that Senator Lazara is quite a talented kickball player. He is a scrapper out on the kickball field. And we talked about it after the interview. He wants to play again. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week.
1: I sent this to you the other night when I saw it. And it's pretty funny to me. It's, again, a tweet from Travis Fain. It says, Senator Chaudhary is trying to amend the GOP's congressional map. This is the part of the tweet that I liked. The legislative tradition of thanking people for the hard work they put into things you absolutely hate, then criticizing those things in detail might be my favorite legislative tradition. But wait, there's more. And then the next tweet says actually immediately tabling your opponent's proposed amendment, which I've clearly put a lot of time into, and after he described it for 15 minutes, is my favorite <laughs> legislative tradition. I regret the error.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think Travis Fain is probably the leader in tweets of the week. He might be. Yeah, yeah, he's, you he's gotta sarky. follow, him. yeah, you gotta follow Travis on, on Twitter. He's, he's a good follow.
1: How was your trip to New York? I had a great trip. My daughter is doing well in New York. Does it hurt you a little on the inside that she doesn't need you?
0: Yeah, in fact, this that trip proved that I need her more than she needs me because we were getting... On and off, trains connecting from Brooklyn to Manhattan and getting over to see the Tina Turner show. And she's got to get us back to our Airbnb. She really knows what she's doing. And it was great to see her. I can't wait for Thanksgiving when she's coming back to North Carolina. feels feel sky like I've lost my daughter to New York. She really seems to be liking it.
1: That's great. Yeah, it was fun. So since next week is going to be a slower week at the GA, we decided why don't we have just a little meetup. It might be a little chilly for kickball. And some people we're aware don't feel like they want to show everyone that they're not good at kickball. I'm not going to name names here. All right. But it feels like there are some folks opposed to playing kickball, but we are going to have just a do politics better cocktail hour. Come have a drink, talk to people about politics, don't talk about politics, whatever you please on Wednesday at five at the Longleaf Hotel.
0: Yeah. And we know that a lot of folks are out of town as far as legislators go, but legislators are invited, lobbyists, staffers, if you want to come and hang out you don't want to come and hang out that's fine too we'll be might just be us and And carl carl gilmore will be there yeah Yeah. so let's do that yeah next wednesday what's the date on that
1: wednesday the 10th
0: wednesday the 10th all right at five o'clock longleaf great great place you know i remember the longleaf when it was the really bad days in yeah. motel oh it was so slimy but they have done an incredible job of remodeling this place
1: yeah it's very cute mid-century
0: yeah great vibe great restaurant or at least great bar and great service and it's worth hanging out they have a great little patio there and even if it's a little cool they usually have they heaters. Have like heaters yeah. yeah all right so this will be good all
1: right let's do that come join us thanks for listening and we look forward to talking with y'all next week. If you have anything that you'd like to hear about, you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, please feel free to email us, contact us. We are happy to oblige. And for the rest of y'all, have a good week. Next week, we will talk to you again next Friday. And remember, whatever you're doing, please do politics better. Hey, should what do you say?